everyone. Welcome to another episode of Drop the Mic. I am Darren Jenkins. And on today's show is, so as I was doing my read up on this gentleman, I realized how many times I've seen his face on screen. And he's just this person who, you know, like if it's something, he's on there, it's going to be something good about to happen. Um, John Solo, actor, Thank you for being on the show today. Thank you, Darren. Thanks for having me. I I do have to say, I mean, seriously, like when I when um your profile came across my desk, I was I looked at your I was like, why do I know this dude? I've seen him in so many of the things that I'm watching in movies and TV. You, I mean, you're like a you. Um, like a friend of mine and me, we do another podcast show called um, the the track list where we talk movies and soundtracks. But we have this thing where we talk about certain character character actors who uh, are just um, they're just like no brainers when it comes to like how like what's about to happen on the screen, like you know. If you're on there, this is going to be a good scene. You need to pay attention to what's what's happening. Do you realize, I mean, like, so I, I was reading and you said that you kind of started late in the acting space. Um, but it seems like you've accomplished quite a bit in such a small amount of time. Mm -hmm. Do you realize how impactful you're, you, that you are into uh, on the screen when you're on the screen? Ah. Uh. <laughs> Thank you for that. But you know, as 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 an actor, and uh, um, you know, you're usually more self-deprecating, and you know, uh, it's never enough. Right. Uh, you're always questioning uh, how much work you've done and and what you're doing. Um, but yeah, I I started when I mean later. I mean when I started was more in my late twenties, early thirties, and I was. Uh, you know, it took me a long time to kind of figure it out. Of, I knew I wanted to do it. I just didn't know how to do it. And uh, I was really working on myself and trying to open up and uh, get everything that was being suppressed inside me out. So it's been a process. And I've had some, some, some great times and some great films and TV shows that I've worked on. Um, but like I said before, it's like I feel like I have a full tank of gas. It's only the beginning. Yeah, I would say it is. I mean, um, so uh, when, so what was the catalyst to kind of finally get you, like, so how did you start? Like, because I know it is tough um, trying to figure out where to start mm -hmm. for a lot of actors, you know, because when I, I remember when I started out, I, I, I think I started out with a lot of um, people, the way some people did, which was unfortunately falling into some like um, what you call sc scam experiences and some, you know, hey, pay pay a thousand dollars and get you know a tape for your for your portfolio, and so a lot of people don't understand, like didn't know how to start, and they, they kind of fell into some places that they didn't need to be, and probably poisoned. Um, their experience up front. Uh, how did how did you go about starting your your career? Mm -hmm. I think what what helped me um, was I met a few coaches, acting coaches, who um, were very bluntly honest with me and told me you're not going to work until you get certain things in order. Mm -hmm. um, and number one was get a good hold of of some craft, get an idea of what you're doing. Um, some people I have to say are blessed with innately with the, maybe the way they've grown up, they're very open and they could express themselves, um, that, that just comes a little simpler, uh, with me, you know, I was, uh, it was hard for me to talk in a group if I was around people. So it took me a long time to, to get to that place. So knowing that these, you know, coaches, uh, would tell me like, Hey, if you get a good craft under your belt and you understand yourself as much as you can, mm. you'll eventually keep doing your little showcases and plays. Eventually you'll get an agent and you'll start going out for auditions mm. um, and you'll book. Mm. Doesn't mean you're going to have, and I always tell this to actors, 
Um, a career is much different than getting jobs. I've had a string of jobs. To build a career takes takes a long time. You got to constantly just be out there, constantly show your work off. Um, and again, to to I finally have gotten in a better place, but it took me a long time to even manage. Like I had the craft down of understanding, but then it took me a long time to understand auditions. Auditioning was nerve wracking. And I finally have gotten to a place where I think I'm a little more comfortable with them. Mm. Um, but that was a whole other process of me floundering in auditions and then having to take time for these casting directors to call me back. Because after you you have a couple of uh, panic attacks in front of them, uh, they question if they're going to see you again. Mm. Yeah, that's t Yeah, I, I would say like... Uh... For me, auditioning was a little bit of a like I the, the audition process for me was wasn't hard, but it was hard for me to kind of um, to kind of know sometimes what what I should not do, you know. Ver, you know what I mean? I think that's part of a mm -hmm. that's part that comes that that does come with some learning um, and. Um, because I, th I think you know, some actors have an abundance of energy, an abundance of passion, but sometimes it can that could be kind of a detriment. And kind of you have to kind of learn who who you're auditioning in front of as well, because not everybody um, not everybody's the same when you're sitting in, when you're they're sitting in front of you. Which you know, like this 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 audition will. Be completely different from another audition that you might go in 10 minutes um mm. and i had to learn that you have to kind of just have a um an ability to kind of read the room a lot of a lot of times mm -hmm. i think reading the room absolutely and obviously what you're auditioning for mm. um but base one which is something that i've been challenged with and it took me a long time to understand how important uh, self-love and taking care of yourself and being and preparing for that. It's um, ground, the ground floor is being comfortable with yourself. Um, mm. I, I was super needy of some of these jobs. I wanted them so bad. It's almost like finding someone you're romantically uh, mm. intrigued by and you, you want to ask them out, but your throat closes up on you and you're nervous um, because you want it so bad. You want to be with this person so bad. So um, my my want for these jobs were, were so much that they just made me so nervous. Mm -hmm. um, I wanted to be liked. I wanted to, I wanted my work to shine. But you know, what I realized is by putting myself in that position, I can't show my work off. I can't show me. I can't show my work. All you're seeing is my nerves. Right. So right. Um, I think it's very important as an actor. You know, I, I, I almost used to talk down about how much breathing and meditation. I used to almost look at it like, no, no, because no, I'm, I'm the type of guy who just, you know, I, 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 I like working hard and, and, and working. Right pushing through. And I thought it was just about learning the craft, pushing through and get, I didn't realize that it's a lot about patience and taking care of yourself and being kind to yourself. Mm, mm. Yes. Especially with act, the, the acting trade. Cause, um, it's, it, it can like time, time wise. And, um, it is, it can be kind of, you know, it it seems glamorous when you watch, like when people watch what's the end result on the screen. But there are a lot of hours that go into what you're doing, and it can be very hard. Like I remember the first time I was on set, I think I spent um, 14, 16 hours straight on set, and it mm -hmm. was um, I was not prepared for that. Mm -hmm. um, and I feel like if you, and this was like my first year. So I imagine if you have been working for 10, 15 years and you're doing stuff like that, um, that is a lot of, uh, a lot of stress on the body, a lot of stress on the soul. Um, 
you do, you know, and you're in this, in this, this physical form of yours is your greatest tool that you're working with. If you don't take care of it, then, you know, all the lessons and all the things that you've learned to get to that point go right out the window because this breaks down. That's it. That's, you know, that you, you really have to treat yourself, learn how to treat yourself um, well when you can in, um, in between those moments. Um, what the, so, you know, since we're on this subject, um, mm-hmm. how do you, how do you, how did you learn to, because for all the, for, you know, for all the, your, 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 your IMDb is long. I mean, it's super long. Um, mm-hmm. But for all those that are on there, there are probably ones that we don't see that you either didn't get or whatever. Yeah. How do you handle the failure of, and what was, what was one of the, what's one of your biggest learning experiences? You know, it's, it's cliche, the idea of, you know, hey, forget about what happened and move forward into the next one. You know, I have a kid now that plays uh, baseball, basketball, and the same thing. He's, mm. you know, he strikes out and he has to recover mentally for the next time he's up at bat. If he misses a basket, if he misses a shot, he's got to understand that that's part of the game. Mm. Um, and it's funny, I always advise him the fact that you're able to get open to get shots. That's step one. So it's the same thing with me now. I finally got to a place where auditions would linger. If I had a bad audition, it would linger for weeks. And I would go to the next audition and that would seep into my next one as well. So I finally got to a place that each one is its own entity. You you truly do have to like enjoy the work, shake it off and move to the next audition um when it comes because it's their blessings when the auditions come that's as an actor those are that's your job right um so i think what i've started to work on is in between those auditions in between now we have a we have we have an actor strike right now yeah in in this time that i know there's not going to be auditions what am i doing to elevate what am I doing? Am I going to just stay stale and wait for auditions to come again? Or am I going to start training again? Go like right after this, I have a, a, an acting class workshop, mm. um, working, going to the gym, work on my mental, make sure that I'm, you know, cause, cause I got a lot of balls I'm juggling. You know, I, I have my family, I have businesses and that's how to sustain, to make a living as well at times when I have droughts and acting. Uh, so all that is is vital. Mm. Uh, so, you know, the the one thing I like, I I, I always kind of equivalent. I always kind of equally the experience of an actor with sports athletes because very similar in a lot of ways, right? It's it's a what they do is takes a lot of hours both in training and in action right and it it's mentally grueling you are exposed in a lot of ways emotionally um and um it's competitive i mean you know you don't mean for it to be sometimes but it's competitive you know there that there are other actors who are also auditioning and they're they may or may not audition for roles that you're in and those things. And there's not much, you're not wishing any ill will to any of those people. It's, it, But you also know you need to put your best foot forward in order to be separated from the pack. You mm-hmm. know, it's, it's just that way. I think, I think that's why a lot of actors, um, um, I always say act, actors want to be athletes and athletes want to be actors. Um, and I think that's because there's a lot of similarity. I mean, it's just, I think it, like a chemistry and energy wise, it's very similar. Mm-hmm. Um, and I, I, you know, having played sports, having been an actor, um, it is, uh, it's a, it's, I, I don't know, like it's a very, they're both super rewarding. I'm, um, like, I feel like if you come at it the right way, um 
it can be a very rewarding situation. I love the fact, I love, the, I don't know about you. Actually, it's a good question. Do you watch your own stuff? Because I, like, personally speaking, I think I've, I've never really sat down and watched anything that I've I've done after I've done it mostly. Like, I kind of let it let it go and just move on to the next thing. Do you do you find yourself ever kind of checking out some of your old, like the stuff you've done and and self reviewing yourself? Yeah, yeah. It, it used to be harder, uh, but now I enjoy it because I want to mm. see what's been done, you know, in the editing process, what worked. Uh, maybe it'll affect me to understand, like in my next performance, to understand a little more how, you know, how episodics are being edited. So you know what? Next time, make sure, you know, don't look down too much when you're when you're when you're unveiling information. Maybe stay stay on the guys because you know they're gonna edit. They're gonna wait for you to pop back up to look at the guys. So that'll give me more screen time. Right. Um, you know, I I, I want to start looking at these things for sure. And also, you know, I'm hoping, you know, you want to see it because I want to make sure that through the editing process, I I got some good some good footage there for me so I could really unveil uh, at least a few moments in a scene. Um, I think that's vital because that's also pretty much, you know, there's other people in the industry watching it. So you're hoping you, you get something good for yourself and for your reel. Um, I do, but back to the sports thing, it is, it's, it's a total performance, you know, sports, mm. sports uh, is a performance. And mm. I think that's, and I know a lot of, you know, in um, just like acting in sports, there's superstars, right, who are the top one percent, and then there's a lot of journeymen. And yeah. in in those journeymen, I've met many of them uh, through some of my relationships in sports, and it's funny to hear they have the same feelings and the same uh, emotional. Uh, temperament, what they're going through as actors that I know as long as myself waiting for the next audition, waiting for the next job. You know, I know basketball players who are, you know, have played in the NBA and now they play in Europe and now they're in another contract in Europe and they're like, when's my next contract? Who's going to call me? Um, is my agent working for me? Are they not? Uh, you know, it's, it's such a, I have so much love for 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 actors fellow actors I, I definitely there's always that level of competition but at the end of the day i know that uh it's such a you know love hate journey of ups and downs and and, and emotional turmoil um that whoever sustains it and keeps going i have the ultimate respect for mm, mm. yeah what was what was one of your um what was your first role was it in theater or tv um i did a couple tv gigs which were okay um but i i would say my first as i was doing one of my first tv sh uh gigs i i i auditioned i remember it was during filming this tv show that i got an audition for a film and i mm. went uh, i had a little break and i ran down and had the audition and didn't hear from them for a couple weeks and they called me back and that film was a film called blackout it was, oh, blackout. It was yeah it was a film in new york uh it was pretty amazing the director was jerry lamoth and it was produced by uh, jeffrey wright yeah uh, and it was an amazing cast it was michael b jordan before michael b jordan became michael b jordan it was zoe saldana before zoe saldana had avatar um I worked with the great actor named Saul Rubinick. Uh, you know, yeah, Saul Rubinick, yeah. So that was an amazing experience. It was an indie film, but it went into Tribeca. So we had the whole Tribeca premiere. It rocked. It it, uh, I, it had distribution right away in BET. Um, and it was just an amazing cast, great people, and I, I loved it. I loved it. So it was a great first film to work on. Mm. You've been on a, I mean, you've had, I was looking at like um, your IMDb and, and mm -hmm. just like starting with that movie, you've been, you've been in some projects with some pretty heavyweight names. Mm -hmm. Like even the one that, the, the one that you're just most recently doing on Nyad. Nyad, yeah. Uh, I mean, Annette Benning. Uh, I mean, Jody Foster, Jody Foster, who hasn't 
done a lot of stuff in a long time. So having her there is just, I mean, you must be just like, wow. Mm -hmm. It was, uh, that was just uh, what an amazing experience. You know, we, we went down to Dominican Republic to shoot this film. Uh, it's a husband wife duo directors who, who were, uh, won an Academy Award for their uh, documentary, Free Solo. Oh, that's right. Free Solo was amazing. Yeah. Jimmy Chin and Elizabeth Chai. Um, they, you know, it's funny when I auditioned for it, I saw the directors did Free Solo. And being that my last name's Solo, I'm like, free me, free me. <laughs> and I, uh, it was a, it was a great experience. Um, you know, again, talk about waiting. I was there for three weeks. Mm. And there was so much downtime. Don't mm. get me wrong. The beautiful hotel. I had a great pool. I was going to the gym. It was a lot of free time, but it's definitely an emotional roller coaster waiting to shoot your scenes. Um, and when you're shooting your scenes, it's like, hurry up, let's go. Oh my God, it's too hot on the beach today. And we're shooting this scene. And I'm like sweating. So it's such a different experience from the audition to the actual filming. Um, uh, but yeah, I'm, I'm really excited there. It's supposed to come out this fall on Netflix. Mm. I don't know what's going to be affected with the strike. Right. Um, I hope it gets pushed later because with the strike, we wouldn't even be able to have a premiere. Right. So I'm really hoping that it gets pushed a little later, but we'll see. Yeah. Hopefully they, yeah. Hopefully this whole thing with, you know, everyone comes to their senses and solves, solves this like sooner rather than later than letting this drag out because that, um, there's a lot of, Good projects that are kind of waiting on what's 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 happening, unfortunately. And um, but the actors and the writers need to get what they need. Um, and you know, I, I was going to ask this question later, but we're here, I suppose. Yeah. Um, AI in its its presence, like I, I so I did a I had a conversation on on LinkedIn a couple weeks ago with a bunch of screenwriters. Um, just discussing the fact that AI is here, and do they see it as a you know where what you know what do they see as their interaction with it, and and now we're there's you know obviously the unions are trying to keep from the studios trying to replace people with AI. Uh, it's a mess. It's it's a hot mess. Um, but I'm I. I I obviously come down on the side of um, the actors and the writers because one, I'm an actor and a writer, but two, because I think logic dictates that we got this far on the backs of great writers and great actors to go and try to change that now, I think would be foolish. Mm -hmm. And um, I was just curious what your thoughts were on, on, on the experience between um, AI and, and the future of, you know, your profession, I suppose. Yeah, no, listen, it's, um, it's daunting, the idea that, you know, at some point, you know, obviously, the major stars with the major brands, they might be able to use their, you know, their face and their, and their being uh, in many ways, in the sense they could be cloned and uh, in perpetuity, you know, to, you know, we could use a young Tom Cruise forever in films if we want yeah. Yeah. Um, but for actors, uh, for most actors, it's it's really worrisome. Um, I also, you know, I've been hearing and reading so much about this strike. And the truth is, look, the last few years I've been blessed to to have done well enough where I have health insurance through SAG. But the idea that you need to make $26,000 before you have health insurance, you know, in the years that I wasn't making that, I was paying for me and my family. It was ridiculous amount of money for health insurance yeah. um, and now by doing what they're doing to hit that 26,000 mark is even harder because yeah. to give you an idea uh, whether I did this Netflix movie or now I have another TV show coming out on Hulu a couple episodes I got paid great doing those films mm. you know you also bank on those TV shows and films to be to be played on air and then receive the residuals the problem right. is now with streaming, you don't get a, a, not even close to the amount of residuals I would get if it was on uh, network TV or right. if it was going to the movie theaters. Right. So 
And yet the streaming is making just as much money. So, you know, at the end of the day, that has to be figured out. Either lower the cap for people to make at least get a huge discount on their health insurance or or figure out a way where the residuals are more fair ground because there's no way network TV, you had your residuals. Streaming also makes a certain amount of money and that shouldn't be deducted from the actors or the writers. So um, I really hope they find the balance. AI is a whole other thing that's obviously there and it's gonna grow. Um, and I'm hoping we, we stay human um, <laughs> because these stories are human and that's why we're here. Um, but there's so many, you know, there's so much philosophy going on about why this is happening. Yep. A, part of, a part of it is because our the audience has become uh, addicted to 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 fast cars and and action, uh, where mm -hmm. the stories don't do well anymore, as well, right? right? They're not as 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 viable financially. So it's it's a lot. It's a lot to discuss. But I think, and I and I believe that we will always find humanity and people will always search for that um so i'm banking on i'm banking on that well i i, I think um when all said and done i think the indie film industry is going to have a lot to do with what happens because i mean those that i mean they mostly don't have the budgets to do a lot of those high those high-end special effects um ai so they're going to they're always kind of going to lean towards the story and you know the hmm, i don't even know natural is what i would call it but just mm -hmm. the, the the essence of acting you know what i mean so who knows? I mean, uh, I was telling a friend of mine who's an independent filmmaker, I said, who knows? This might, may be good for the indie filmmaker because maybe a lot of actors will decide that they would love to do more indie projects because there it's kind of like um, it's just about the art form versus. Mm -hmm. So, I mean, who knows? We'll see. I guess there's a lot of there's going to be a lot of change coming, I, I suppose. And, but I hope for the better, to your point. I think, especially when it comes to healthcare, that doesn't make any damn sense. Yeah, no, absolutely. I mean, that's vital. You know, healthcare, pension, where people work their buns off. Uh, and they're, it's not like they're not. Like, at the end of the day, the 160,000 actors in the union, uh, whether there's times they're working or not, they're vital to society. I mean, if you really think 160,000 sounds like, okay, a lot of people, mm. uh, but really is it when you think of the global entertainment industry of America? I mean, it is just global. So actually 160,000 is not that many people right. to actually understand how vital they are to the society and to business. Yeah, yeah. I mean, I tell, I tell people, so I, I run a, um, a film collective and there's like 20,000 people in that. Mm. And that's to any, in any other term, that would be a lot of people, but that's not really that many people. And yeah. then you talk about that number of one, you know, 160. So, you know, you, you have to kind of always kind of put it in, in relative perspective, you know, and um, that's, that is something that people, uh, I think, don't always know how to do that properly mm -hmm. um, and then when you hear about the health insurance yeah. only, only 12 percent have qualified for it year to year so again we're so about, and we're talking about the one percent that everyone like the media likes to talk about oh they're being so greedy of course you know okay tom cruise these guys are entities they're corporations they've made so much money right. we're talking about the other 99 percent right. of actors out there that are that are making trying to make a living right not every actor is at the when 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 we see the Oscar room, it's not every actor in the world. That's no. like a, a, like a, a minuscule amount of versus what the what the actual number is. So yeah, and consistently to be in that world in that rarefied air, that's less than one percent. Exactly. Yeah. 
Exactly. Um, who who inspired you to pursue a career in acting? Did anyone or like was there anybody that you kind of when you were starting to think about getting into acting, was there anyone that you kind of saw on the screen and was like, I, I love what he's doing or she's mm -hmm. doing and, and uh, want to kind of do that? Yeah. I think, you know, as a kid, I'd, I'd watch a lot of films and a lot of TV stuff. Um, a lot, you know, growing up, when I grew up in the 80s, it was all TV and films. Mm. Um, I think I watched The Outsiders uh, maybe like 28 times. I remember being a kid. I was so intrigued by the temperament of these guys, you know, mm -hmm. they, were all, they were all so cool and there was camaraderie. And I remember loving that film and I'd watch it over and over and over again. Um, so I think there was subtle aspects of that just, just constantly like igniting in me, uh, the idea of everything. But to me, it was like an alien spaceship. There was no one around me close to me, not even close. Hmm. Um, I thought these were all aliens and uh, this had nothing to do with real life. Um, and then what really changed me was uh, in my building, I grew up uptown Manhattan in Washington Heights. And oh. uh, I remember there was an older couple that I knew and they kept telling me about their son who was a director. Hmm. And I was always like, oh, director. And I was like 13, 14 years old. And I finally met him. He came to see them and he lived in Los Angeles. Mm. And we had a talk. And I remember he talked to me and I was, and I asked him, I said, How, what is this? How do you do this? What would, and lo and behold, I didn't realize he was a successful director. Uh, he, he uh, directed a film with Clint Eastwood called Heartbreak Ridge. And oh. his name was Jim Carabazos. Yeah. And, uh, and I remember he went to NYU and he was telling me about his, his story. And I remember he just, the few notes he gave me, because uh, he saw that I was interested, is like, whatever you do, just study it and, uh, and get into it. And, you know, it just, he was the first person that cracked the door open to me to say, oh, this, these are real people that are right. doing this type of work. Um, so that also excited me. And then later on, you know, I, I went to NYU, but didn't study acting, but I would see the students that were at Tisch and I was so attracted to their, them for the risk and the courage and what they were doing. Mm. You know, like how, how, how did these people do it? And I became friends with a bunch of them and they, and they would talk to me and, and give me books to read and tell me what they were studying. and. Um, and I stayed in touch with them throughout, uh, our twenties. And then in my late twenties, I finally said, you know what, I'm going to jump and take a class. And I, and I met, uh, a couple coaches, uh, who, who really helped me, um, just get the process going. And then in turn, I saw some of the classes where, you know, it's got Nico Hardos, Anthony Apeson, and then I went to Stella Adler as well. And I studied all these classes, so you know, so it wasn't one it was like multiple things. It was in me. I always wanted to perform. And, uh, and you just pick them up as you go on this journey. You start picking up actors and favorites, you know, the Johnson mm -hmm. girls and, and the Denzels and the Al Pacinos, of course. You know, they, they all become part of your family. Yeah. And um, I think for me, it was, um, I didn't really have, like, I guess. I guess for me it was um, it was different because I came up a little earlier and it was more about the I wanted to get into the director's chair. I wanted to get I wanted to be a director and George Lucas was the dude who kind of pointed the way for me. But when it came to like the screen, I kind of gravitated more to comedians, um, Eddie Murphy. Um, Richard Pryor, Gene Wilder, Mel Brooks, you know, so I, I, I grew up as a, you know, watching like all this old, old Laurel and Hardy and mm -hmm. Abbott and Costello and Lucille Ball. And, um, those, those were my inspirations. I loved comedy and always wanted to do it. And, uh, I think, uh, I love hearing when people tell me who, like who, who, how they got inspired about 
you know, become, because it is, um, you know, I, I feel like if you're in, if you've got the bug and uh, there's somebody or some moment that kind of changes you, that kind of makes you understand that this is, this is what I want to do. And, you know, it's, mm-hmm. someone once said to me that acting is not something that you want to do. It's something that you have to do. And that's just the like you, you get this thing in you and it's just, you know, it's the only thing that you want to do. And I'm like, yeah, I guess that's about right. That's about right. That, that's about right. Yeah. So I think that's true with anything that you do in a lot of ways. Like if, like if you're really passionate about something, it's something that burns in you and um, you have to, then you just have to find a way to make it happen. Yeah. Yeah. Because when it's, when it's working, whether it's in an audition or or an actual job or in my class, um, when it's, when I'm in that zone, uh, it's the best place in the world. It's that place. It's the same feeling probably an athlete gets when they're, when they're playing their game. Mm -hmm. It's, uh, you're concentrated and yet you're floating and you feel so good. And you're sort of in this fine medium where, um, you know, all your problems dissipate and you're in the moment. Um, and it's a special place. It's very hard to capture, uh, consistently. Um, creativity is it's, it's, it, it changes and it's, 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 it's hard to, you can't force it to happen. You kind of, you're in the game and then you have those moments. So you just hope those moments come more often. Yeah. Um, so it's really, really great. But when you brought up Eddie Murphy, I, I reminded myself that I actually went to the movie theater to watch Eddie Murphy's stand-up. I remember when they put his stand-up, I, maybe it was Raw. I remember he like actually went to the movie theater to see his stand-up. <laughs> amazing. That must have been. Oh, yeah, that's right, because he did it in New York, right? Yeah. Well, no, they filmed it and they put it in movie theaters. Oh, that's, that's right. Cool. That's how big he was. Yeah, he was mad. I mean, Eddie, there was nobody bigger than Eddie at that moment in time. No, no. Obviously, when I was a very young kid, I remember when we'd sneak in the tape of Delirious. That yeah. was the first one. We were like, you know, I gotcha ice cream, right? All that. that <laughs> thing. And then I think the one I saw was probably Raw when he was wearing Raw. the, well, yeah, the uh, leather. Uh, yeah, 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 yeah. That one. Was amazing. Yeah. Um, are there uh, are there any roles or or that you haven't done yet, or any types of things that you haven't done yet that you're that are kind of like on your bucket list when it comes to uh, acting? Yeah, yeah. I um, I have certain sweet spots that haven't been fully fully um, executed yet. I haven't been. Uh, they're hard parts to get, you know, there's certain vulnerabilities and uh, that definitely, you know, a lot of times you, you fit a mold and you go in there and you, you, you get your information out there. Um, I would say, and hopefully in NIAD, they added me, you know, what I hope they added me like, and that part was really up my alley. It was a very super passionate, almost insane stepfather mm. who, believes in 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 what's meant to be and uh really pushes his daughter to become the swimmer that she becomes uh through uh con artistry almost you know uh mm-hmm. um but i like parts that vulnerable to the point of possible insanity possible drug addict possible like, these are parts that i haven't been really been able to to attain yet mm-hmm. But I work on them and, and I'm hoping that those vulnerable, you know, I really like those parts because I think because of my essence and my New Yorkness, I, I get a lot of, uh, you know, to the point guys, New York guys, right? And right. I think what, what makes me special is, is, is the poetry, is the softness, is the vulnerability. And I think um, I've had moments of it. Um, I've also worked with a phenomenal director, Ed Burns, 
and yeah. he's put me in some of those positions, especially in his film Newlyweds. Um, oh, that that I'm, I was gonna say that the trailer looks hilarious. It looks yeah. great. Yeah, yeah, that's a great movie. Again, Tribeca Film Festival had a great run independently, um, but that part was closer to me than I've ever had the true me. Mm. Um, and that just shows you how Ed Burns is really in tune. He met me at another film. And mm. in the conversations, he kind of got me. And he wrote the, the part. And uh, I think those are the parts that I really am searching for. I'm searching for more of those. Um, you know, the cookie, the, 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 the standard New York guy, uh, I'm going to go in for to audition. And believe it or not, that takes a lot more hard acting work for me because mm. my exterior matches that better but my true self inside is 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 a little more poetic than that mm. yeah that's the that is the one thing um there's always a search for the ability to um stretch out you know to kind of stretch out with and 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 really uh just immerse yourself into a character to that you can something that you can really just take and like a real yeah. good bite of, you know? Uh, so. yeah, but, but some of my conflict and that's where it lies and that's what I've been working on is I need to stretch out more for what my exterior of what this industry uh, sees me as exterior wise. Um. I need to stretch out more to be the tough New York sort of cop it's easier for me to get into the sweet spot of my vulnerability. Gotcha. But that's really not, you know, it's harder to get cast for that. Hmm. Wow. That's, that's, uh, I've not heard that before, but that makes total sense. I get that. I get that. You know who else had that issue? I think until he got, um, um, who's the actor in the, the big show on channel four? about the family, uh, Sterling, Sterling. Uh, oh, Ster oh uh, uh, Sterling. Sterling, uh, this is us. This is us, yeah. So I've read articles and actually I knew someone who was his manager. Sterling Brown? Sterling Brown. Yeah. Originally where, when he was younger, you know, here's this crafty, intelligent, amazing guy, you know, um but tv saw him as hey bring him in as the as the thug bring him in as this hard hard dude you know and it just wasn't clicking uh he had to get to a certain age and luckily someone saw him as such right to give him that 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 ability to be who he is you know not right. that he can't do that stuff right but it probably you know there are guys who are really that that are going yeah. into an audition and taking those parts of it. Yeah, well, it was kind of why when um, when Denzel did Training Day, I was before he before I saw it, I was very curious to see how that was going to go mm -hmm. because <clears throat> Denzel had never really played yes. anything that dark and. I was wondering if he could pull it off, considering that we know him as a different, like we've known him different ways, but exactly. none of them have been dark. None of them have just been evil. Mm -hmm. And um, that must have been incredibly hard for him to kind of let down his thing and kind of let this monster out for a while, you know? Um, it, that's you know what it's one of the reasons why I love acting because if you can do it you can and it's kind of dangerous to a certain degree but it, it, if you can do it you can become this entire di different thing mm -hmm. like you it, like I can see why people go through therapy after by doing certain roles because it is tough it's just a but it's also if you pull it off it's quite amazing to see absolutely absolutely it's it's part of the beauty so what's next for you what's what's coming up what's the next thing that you're working on um 
So uh, right now, like I said, because there's no uh, projects coming up right now to audition for, um, you know, I started doing my own little writing. Um, I have a great idea that I'm working on and, uh, you know, it's a dream project and I'm, I'm really, it's giving me a lot of time to write it and figure it out. Um, when I mean write it, I'm, I'm not a screenwriter. So what i all I could do is put it together, uh, a great storyline, break down all the characters, break down how many scenes, how this could happen, how that could happen, weave it together, and then hopefully find a, a, a screenwriter to help me with it, uh, to actually put all this information in place. Right. Um, now I'm excited about this the show on Hulu that's coming out. I think I'm on episode seven, which is uh, what we do in the shadows. Yeah. It's a huge hit of a show. I didn't realize what a cult following oh, it. Oh yeah. Ninety-eight percent Rotten Tomatoes. Um, I, I, when I got the job, I didn't realize it, and all my manager goes, "That's my favorite show in the world." And, I'm, really? <laughs> and then I just started meeting people who were like, "Oh my god, I'm obsessed with that show." Yeah, a um, lot of people love that show. Yeah, and it was really that one we shot in Toronto, uh, and it was my favorite experience as an actor in the sense that. I was like, man, if you ever get a series regular, this is the show you want to be on. It is light, fun. The mm. cast is having a blast. Uh, there's a lot of improv. Uh, they are the luckiest people on TV, if you ask me. Uh, number one, Toronto is a gorgeous city. Number two, they go every day on set, and it is so light and fun. And the directors are also there. You have the best comedian minds, great writers. Uh, that's the dream show. Like if someone told me that's what show, I'd love to be a series regular on that show. I've been blessed with a couple episodes. I'm so, I'm so happy I was able to experience it because it gave me the feeling of what, what I really want. And something like that would be ideal. Wow. That's wow. That, that's exactly what I, I mean. Yeah, that's that's exactly what I would love to be on a show where you could just you just it's just about creating funny stuff and mm -hmm. just letting go and and enjoying everybody's interaction and uh, that's awesome. I'm, yeah. I'm I I hope I can I catch that episode that you're on because yeah. uh, the show itself is brilliant. It's yeah. just such, such a brilliant written show. So it is, it is. So it just came out the season, but my episode I think is coming out in a few weeks. I, I just can't wait, and I and I and I hope, I hope I can go back there one day because it was such a blast. Maybe one of my best experiences ever. Wow. Yeah. Um, seem you you just a wonderful person and I love what you're doing. I, the only thing I will say, and I'll say this to the camera, I'm telling people, you should be, Marvel, call him up and give him a role in something, a regular in something like Secret Wars or something because, man, like I, like I think more, you need, they need more actors like you on, on, on as regulars and who are just a pleasure to work with and, and really dedicated to your craft. Um, that's that's to me like if you have a set full of those people, then you're going to have a good show. You're absolutely going to have a good show. Mm -hmm. um, and I'm very happy we got to talk. Thank you so much. And you know, I I feel Darren, uh, those opportunities will come. And I feel like I've been, you know, I like I told you, it's taken me a long time. I've had opportunities where. I wasn't ready for it. And, and that's part of taking ownership and accountability. Um, but I know that good, like I told you in the beginning of this interview, I have a full tank of gas mm. and, um, and I'm ready to go. So, uh, you know, thank you for, for that wish and for that telling the Marvel universe to call me. Uh, but I, I appreciate you too. Thank you so much for having me. And, and just so you know, we have a good track record. Like a, it's every time someone comes on our show, something, massively happens for them. So I'm not saying I'm just nice. <laughs> well everybody um if you want to follow 
Johnny on Instagram, the Johnny Solo NYC. Oh, um, your your acting class is this your class? Are you leading the class? No, no, I'm 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 a student. I'm a student in a group where, where there it's great because it's online. Uh, there's actors from LA, actors from New York, and we all get together and we oh, that's so cool. We work on scenes. Yeah, that's a great idea. That's yeah, great. It's, it's part of this uh, BGB Studios. They're unbelievable. They're based out of LA, and the, another benefit of uh, of the Zoom stuff is, you know, I wouldn't have been able to take classes with them because they used to be just in LA. Right. Well, they have this class that we take once a week, and uh, we're able to meet each other online and, and work on these scenes. That's awesome. Well, yeah. hopefully you guys will get back to work real soon. I pray for that. I hope so. And if I can help you in any way, let me know. Thank you, Darren. Um, yeah, we'll communicate. I can't wait to see the episode. Oh, absolutely. I can't wait. I'm, I'll definitely email you when I find out what I see and let you know what I thought. Um Everyone, uh, be sure to follow him on Instagram at Johnny Solo NYC. You can also go, he has a website, johnnysolo.com, mm-hmm. um, which is, I was up there for a good 20 minutes looking at stuff. It was awesome. Um, follow me at the, on Instagram at the Darren Jenkins. Um, John, thank you so much again. I really appreciate thank you, it. Darren. Thank you. I'm going to follow you right now. Right on the air. (laughs) Thank you. And for the show, um, please feel to follow us. We'll be, um, we just, uh, um, our newest news, we we just, uh, we're on Pandora now, so you you can listen to us everywhere and Pandora, which is cool. Um, Thank you for everyone. We'll see you guys the next time. Be safe, stay safe. Support to the WGA and SA SAG people. We're with you. Stay strong. Peace. Thank you so much. Bye bye.